You're listening to Empowered Parenting, Real Parents, Real Stories, a podcast that inspires parents to feel courageous and confident in their parenting journey. Listen in with parent and child therapist Cindy Smolkin and Elisa Daly, Executive Director of First Foundation's Jewish Community Preschools, and meet real parents struggling with real issues. Tune in to help you and your children build resilience. Let's get connected. Welcome to our podcast, Empowered Parenting, Real Parents, Real Stories. This is a podcast that's been in the making for a really long time, and we're excited and uh, somewhat nervous. Uh, My name is Elisa Daly. I am the Executive Director of First Foundation's Jewish Community Preschools, and I am a mom uh, to Ben, who is 12, and Noah, who is 7. And uh, I'm going to let Cindy introduce herself. So I'm Cindy Smolkin. I'm a child and family therapist. I have a private practice. And in my private practice, I work with people of all ages. And primarily, I focus on parenting and therapy with kids. And my practice is very much informed by connected parenting. And connected parenting is a philosophy and practice of parenting founded by Jennifer Colari, who is a brilliant, innovative therapist. She has a mind that does not stop working, and she has so much brilliance and wisdom. Uh, anyone who's interested, check out the Connected Parenting website. It is filled with so much brilliance. I am a mom as well. I have a son who's 16. I have a daughter who's 14. I'm divorced, but have a partner who lives with us in our house. And I use connected parenting in my own parenting life, um, as well as in my practice. And Elisa is my colleague, but probably more importantly, she's become a very, very close friend of mine. So... This episode is going to take our listeners through how a preschool director and a family therapist came to professionally work together, end up in a podcast. um, And the story of Cindy and I, I think, really tells the story of what we're trying to achieve here. I think it's actually a really beautiful story. Um, When I had my first son, I don't want to say he was easy to parent, but... I was 27 and parenting just sort of happened and he really wasn't challenging. When I had Noah, he was different. Something wasn't the same. Everything I had done with Ben, I think I'm a naturally compassionate parent, but for some reason it just wasn't working with Noah. And when he was three, um, my sister was over at my house one Sunday And she looked at me and she said, she's a child and youth psychiatrist. And she took a huge risk and said to me, Elisa, you are doing damage to your relationship with Noah. You need help. And so I guess in that moment, I could have gotten really offended. Um, But I just said, okay, like, what do I do? Tell me what to do. So she said, call your pediatrician. I called him the next day and he told me to call Cindy Smokin and he Gave me the, just this random number, but he's, he's, I don't want to, he's older. So he has this like Rolodex of things. So he just like gave me Cindy's number. And for me, I'm like the type of person that was, wasn't like an agency. It felt a little like far-fetched to me. And I remember, so first I called my sister and I said, he told me to call Cindy Smokin and she said, oh, 
thank goodness. I'm so happy that you're calling her. I wanted you to call her, but I wanted the pediatrician to tell you that. So immediately to me, that was, and that was a really meaningful connection for me that my sister had wanted it and the pediatrician who I trusted had wanted it, but they hadn't discussed it. So that was like, you were my person that I was supposed to call. We didn't know yet that we were actually going to be a version of soulmates. No, we didn't know. And strangely enough, Cindy actually answered when I called her, which also made me feel like really comforted. Anyways, the first, she couldn't see me. Cindy's so busy. She couldn't see me for a couple of weeks. So by the time I ended up in Cindy's office with my husband, um, I actually had a partial retinal, retinal detachment that day. And so the first time I met Cindy is such a um, imprinted day in my life for that reason, but nothing was going to stop me from going to this appointment because I'd been waiting for it. And I knew that this was a journey that I just, I had to start. And so I had a partial detachment. I had a black curtain in the corner of my eye and I was like a woman on a mission. Um, I didn't actually know it was a detachment at the time, but I knew something was wrong. And I sat in Cindy's office and when you first meet Cindy, she takes you through um, the basics of connected parenting and the basics of the brain. And I sat there and she gives you paper and you draw the brain and you draw the left side and you draw the right side. And something inside of me just came to life. It was like a switch went on in my head. Everything just started to make so much sense to me because in that moment, Cindy was describing Noah to me, a stranger was opening my eyes to helping me understand my kid. And that was the most powerful thing, life-changing thing. And it didn't matter that I was sitting there with my black curtain in my eye. I, I knew that this moment was going to change me as a parent. And so my husband and I left and I dealt with my retina and all of those things. And a month later, we went for a follow-up and I had to embarrassingly say to Cindy, I haven't actually done that much because I've had surgery in the past month and things have been really chaotic. And I remember Cindy sitting there and saying to me, "That you sat on my couch with your retina detached. You're such a devoted parent. And she was so compassionate to me, so compassionate to me that I just couldn't believe how she was making me feel. It had nothing to do with Noah or the strategies or anything. It was just this, this feeling like I felt like I was in a warm hug. And I, I, I remember feeling and thinking to myself, if this is what it feels like, I can do this. Like I can learn this stuff I can, I can, if she can make me feel like this, I can make Noah feel like this. <laughs> um, and it, that was the beginning of our journey. And what was so interesting is that over the next many months, I didn't see Cindy regularly. I set to work on taking what she had taught me and implementing it in my home. And I didn't need to see her regularly. And so it was like something like the earth had shifted in my house, but I wasn't getting regular therapy, right? Like we weren't seeing each other regularly. No, it wasn't. And let's also highlight the fact that, I mean, let me ask you, was the brief contacts and sessions that we had, 
turning your life into magic level land with ease or was it doing something different for you? What it did is it fundamentally made me understand Noah as a person. Like, and how weird is that? That as a mother, you need a total stranger to explain your kid to you. So everything that I was doing with him made no sense because I didn't get him up until that point. Once Rob and I understood Noah and understood the basic of this idea of going at it from a place of, we're going to get into all this stuff in all of our episodes that we do, all of the, the basics of, but from a place of compassion, that's what changed. All of a sudden, I felt like Rob, Noah, and I were on the same team. And so we could do it. And so every tantrum, every meltdown, every everything felt okay inside of me because I understood my kid. I knew why he was reacting, emoting the way he was. I didn't see it as behavior anymore. I saw it as my kid. And this is what happens with my kid all day long. And so that brought my anxiety and fear way down because it didn't feel so daunting. It was a huge journey after that. And and believe me, it still is. Like nothing is easy with Noah. Nothing is easy with Noah, but something is is way different in me. And the ability to to have that profound of an impact was what motivated me to then, I guess, and Cindy and I were talking about this, like how did I find the courage to ask a therapist to join my school to consult with me. But I did because I think I just believed in it so wholeheartedly that I thought if I could have this much impact in my life, imagine what if I train my staff this way. Because that was my first idea. It was just training the teachers in the school this way. So I, one day, I get, did I call you? I don't remember. But honestly, when I hear you talk about the fact that you had to really process this act of calling me to ask me and you had some anxiety, it's so hilarious to me because you asking me, like, it, it was such a no-brainer. It was such an obvious thing that it's so funny to me to hear you now saying that approaching me to ask me to join you with First Foundations was actually anxiety provoking when in fact it was the most natural thing that was meant to happen. But no, it was because like, who am I to ask this therapist to, I don't know. So I did. And Cindy loved the idea. And so we embarked on this journey of how do we bring it into the classroom? How do we teach our teachers to engage with kids in this way? My staff responded to it. But after a year under our belt, it occurred to me that what I was really after was impacting change in parents because we can do so much good for kids inside the classroom, but all of these parents, I thought to myself, if I could have such a small impact and not everybody has a kid like Noah from not weekly therapy sessions, we probably had six sessions with you over like an eight month period, maybe not even that many. I thought, well, what if we, what if we had like an urgent care? What if we had like parenting walk-in clinics? Like you have the worst weekend of your life and you just need help. And this is when Cindy came to life. Like when I, when I presented the idea of the parenting clinics, that's when you were like beyond excited. Cause like, it just makes so much sense, right? Like there's 
so many parenting books on the bookshelf. I obviously haven't read all of them, but so many of them are focused on how do we change children's behavior? How do we get kids to be more compliant? How to so on and so forth, which is absolutely important. And connected parenting even highlights some of that. But the starting off point is how do we help parents to feel empowered as parents? How do we help parents to feel confident and brave in their parenting? That's where it has to start. So when you approached me and said, I want to offer this to parents, it just made sense. It was absolutely the way to go next. So we started offering these free one-to-one sessions for parents. So you sign up for a clinic and you come in. And then it was like this, like, it was like this constant high for, for me, like Cindy does this all day, but to have parents walk in and an hour later walk out feeling like a little bit braver, a little bit calmer, a little bit more in tune because Cindy would, Cindy, what you often do is in that time, like you're so good at explaining kids to their parents. It's again, I said it before, but it's this bizarre concept that as a parent, you need your kid explained to you. You know why it's not bizarre? Because as a parent, like the job of parenting feels so important and we're kind of on autopilot. We are parenting through moments, moment after moment. And it's so easy to be on that treadmill and, and seize moment by moment. And so I think the only thing I do is I help parents get off the treadmill for a minute and stop focusing on the moment and moments and the behavior and the behavior and take a step back and say, okay, wait a minute, let's try to better understand our kid as a whole and what they're feeling and being in the moment. And let's try to understand parents as a whole. What's triggering us? What's what's happening for us? And that takes us off the, the, the moment-to-moment kind of parenting that we all have to do, and it gives us a pause. And I don't think that parents have a lot of opportunity to do that. Parenting is hard and full-time and 24-7. We don't get a lot of time to sit back and really process what is actually going on here. It's hard. And I think one of the things for, for me that was happening side-by-side side is I was supporting and training our teachers in the connected parenting philosophies and doing the parenting clinics, still living and breathing my experience as a parent. And and what I began to realize is that there is no how-to. There is no do this, and therefore you will cure all of your parenting stress and do this. So like, yes, you can learn how to toilet train, and I can, I can, I can teach our staff how to, you know, manage this kind of meltdown and that kind of meltdown. And, and you can support a parent in, in sleeping and in eating and in screen time and whatever. But at the end of the day, our teachers and our and as parents we're on this journey and if you don't feel strong mentally and brave and and have like an internal courage those you learn a strategy but then it expires you get to the next stage and it 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 just wears out whereas like in my parenting journey with Noah I have all the strategies. I've learned the connected parenting. Like I could recite it in my sleep. Cindy tells me I teach mirroring very well now, but it's, it's a constant, constant, constant. I use the word curveball. Like it's like you, Cindy hates it, but I used it. You're like, where did that word come from? Because you, you think that you have it. And then it's like, someone slaps you in the face. Someone throws something at you. You're like, I just got over something and to get over to the next hurdle, to get through 
you have to feel you have to have an element of bravery. Like it's because you're diving into the freezing cold water with like no protection on every time and you need to feel okay. And so that's what I, that's why I wanted to start this podcast. That's why I guess I'm always looking for impact. I thought, well, what if we have parenting clinics that people can hear? And what if Cindy gets to debrief these parenting clinics and I get to add my two cents in as a mom. Um, I think that's what really motivated the idea, right? I love it. So Lisa, I'm going to give you feedback right now that I don't know that I've actually ever given to you, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you why, what a weird thing for a grown up to say to a grown up. I have so much pride when I talk about you and when I talk to you, never in our journey did I internally assess or evaluate? How's Noah doing? Is his behavior getting easier? That was never important to me. What was important to me was watching your evolution, your evolution. When I hear you say things to me like, that was a brutal day. Okay, but like, I know what I'm doing. And, and yeah, I feel terrible right now but I know tomorrow will be better. When I hear your resilience, when I hear your honesty with which you might lament elements of parenting, but then when I hear your confidence that you know in the end, you're gonna get it as right as you possibly can. That to me, I've literally watched that happen. What a gift. That's so nice. Yeah, because the truth of matter is, is, is like Noah's too little to be, like he's okay when when I'm okay, right? Like he he is only can only be as good as as his as his parents. And no, I, I I actually don't get it right a lot of the time. But I know that most of the time I have it to go back to, and I know what I'm doing wrong, which is so key to know what you're doing wrong. Let me ask you, Elisa. I wonder if like this could be maybe one of the most powerful messages that we can give to parents today and invite them to continue to stay tuned in. It's exactly what you just said. What if our podcast helps parents to feel okay and to know that if they feel okay, they're going to do okay by their kids? Totally. Yeah. So I'd invite you to listen in. Like we're going to talk about COVID, surviving COVID um, we're going to talk about tantrums. We're going to talk about screen time. We're going to talk about siblings. We're going to talk about setting limits. We're going to talk about how to uh, incorporate compassion and love. And but and those are going to be amazing. And you're going to hear really wonderful journeys of other parents. And you're going to be exposed to listening to Cindy give them really good advice. And you're going to hear me weigh in as, as a mom through my journey. But what we hope is that at the end of it, you'll feel more courageous to be okay in your parenting. Totally. So we are really looking forward to our journey in this podcast and the impact that it could have. And we hope that you'll join us next week. We're going to meet our first family and it's going to be all about the pandemic um, and COVID and where we are with parenting in COVID and like not how our kids are doing, but how this mom is doing. So please tune in and thank you for listening. (laughs) 
So this is a very, very special moment in the podcast. We have such an important, valuable guest. My son, Manny, age 16, has agreed to be a guest for a very short minute on this podcast. Manny, my sweet son, who I love, thank you for joining us. Obviously, you know that me and Elisa have been working hard on this podcast. You've been hearing all about it. I have a question for you. Can you tell me from your perspective, do you think that parenting is an easy job or a challenging job? And I'm um, not saying you have to rate me as a parent. I'm just saying in general, your view of parenting. I definitely think it's like a, a hard job to be a parent because being a parent comes with a big responsibility. Like you always got to be there for your children, take care of them and provide for them no matter what. I definitely think it's a, a hard task or job. And let me ask you something, Manny. Do you believe that a parent's job is solely to provide shelter and food and that and make their kids happy? Or is like, there any other layer to parenting? Those are like some factors that I think a parent commits to when they like have a child. But I also think a big responsibility for them is to teach their child and help them grow and make sure they set them up for success in life. So last question, honey. My question to you is this. When you think of a parent, or maybe even when you think of me as your mom, do you see me as someone who's kind of like always needing to be calm, cool, and collected? Or do you see me as like a regular human being who has all the same emotions as you might have? Maybe like a little bit of both, mostly like a regular human being. But when I like look at you and like, if I'm like, we're like doing something and you're showing a certain emotion towards it, it just kind of like affects how like I feel. So I mean, when you're like, as my parent, the way you feel and express your emotions affect how I like process certain stuff. I love you, honey. Thank you so much. <laughs>